Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. You have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm sitting here in my little uh, studio watching it snow outside, and my friend Dorinda has joined me again. Hey, Dorinda. <laughs> hey, Heidi. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing the snow. You're welcome. I hope I hope it stays when you leave because <laughs> I like the snow. We don't get enough of it around here, and you get a lot, so I do. it's only fair that you share. <laughs> I'm happy to share. Trust Thank you. me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, my sister Haley used to live in in uh, uh, Iowa, and she it would snow. I mean, it would start snowing there, you know, in October, late October, and right. they, would, they would have snow on the ground through May, and Ugh. it drove her crazy. It was too much because she was used to this, and we're <laughs> like the point. Like it hardly ever snows here, so when right. it does, it's like this big treat, and right. our kids are all excited. So. It's a good thing. Hey, um, I want to really quickly, we're going to be talking about uh, basically how to raise emotionally strong kids today. But, you know, just I, we want to talk about this because of the headlines and what we're seeing playing out on college campuses and and kids who can't handle criticism and uh, and the really election results. Yeah, the, they can't deal with election <laughs> results. They're you know they're throwing basically huge giant temper tantrums right. uh, over all kinds of things. I was astonished a couple of weeks ago to read uh, that a college in Virginia had removed the American flag off of their college campus because the kids couldn't handle it. And yeah. I was like, okay, where's your mommy? And you, you need to go back home. You're not ready for college. solution to that what is, is it? to uh, remove the federal funding from the college. A they don't to the men. The flag. Amen to that. Yeah, I know. I just think if you if you want federal funding, you stinking better fly the flag. I would like some federal funding. I'm ready to put one up on my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes against everything inside of me. Don't take federal funding. But I do think we've, we've somehow... We have raised a generation of, and I think a lot of it is this, it's a liberal narrative that has just permeated the culture. This, it's, I almost think, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. In many ways, there's so much about liberalism that just seems almost like, like, I hate to even use this word, almost like a disease to me. Mm -hmm. Because the the thinking and the mentality has strayed so far from, and there's some things about uh, liberalism that I, I understand, and I can go, oh, I can I can get with that. But when you see what's happening when these kids don't get their way, right. and what the way they think that the world should work, and when it doesn't work the way they perceive that it should, they literally can't, they can't handle it. And that tells me there's something going wrong at the upper echelons. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I'm not necessarily throwing the blame onto the millennials. And actually, we know a lot of millennials. Some of them happen to be our children. Right. And a lot of these kids are doing great. But the ones, unfortunately, they're making headlines right now. And like you down in Portland was doing the whole safety pin thing. So that if you saw somebody with a safety pin on their lapel, you knew they were safe space and that you could cry on their shoulder because, you know, they didn't Wendy a wet shot. You know, and I, I'm just thinking, where do these people come from? And what, what in the world? Why are you even going to college? You know, you forgot your blankie. And so... Um, so we, I want to think, uh, just talk really briefly today about what it, what it looks like to raise emotionally healthy kids. Because I think the question, uh, at least in, in starting uh, this discussion, has a lot to do with sheltering. And so you hear, you know, parents, you hear helicopter parenting their children. Then you, the parents are like, ain't nobody going to give my kid, you know, and they do the opposite. Right. And there has to be um, a place of discernment, this happy medium in there. And in fact, there is, and it starts in the word of God where the Bible tells us that we are responsible. There's that word responsible 
for training up our children. The Bible says to train up your children in the way that they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, you notice it doesn't say that they'll, they won't stray off the tracks and they right. won't you know drive you crazy and they won't have their moments. But ultimately, the Bible says that the word of God doesn't return void. And so the responsibility lies flatly with parents. Right. If we want to raise emotionally healthy kids, we can't leave them to their own devices. We need to train them up and guide them. And I think part of that is knowing when to shelter them mm-hmm. and when not to shelter them. And so I'm, I'm actually, you and I have had this discussion before. I'm a fan of sheltering uh, when it's appropriate. You know, we shelter our kids from all kinds of yucky stuff. You know, we shelter tomato plants in this country, you know, but I've heard people say, you know, uh, don't shelter your children. And then I hear people say you should shelter them. But I think there's, there has to be that discernment has to come into play. And we can, we, we sort of came up with a list right. of ways that you, we think will help you. So the, for those of you who are listening, especially if you have young kids, listen up. Because it's much easier to train this, uh, to to train these kinds of things when your children are two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, than it is to start when they're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. That's right, eighteen, absolutely. And the first one at the top of the list when you and I were talking about this is don't let your kids whine. Right, wah, wah. right. We said uh, to my kids, I love this meme. I got in trouble for it because it offended somebody. Oh, I said, <laughs> I don't speak Wynese. And someone was like, that's offensive to the Chinese culture. And I'm like, no, it's not. It, it was funny. It was, never mind. I took it down. <laughs> it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Uh, but I just thought, you know, it's true in our house. And we've said that to our kids. We don't mm-hmm. speak Wynese. Like, if you want to if you want to talk to me, that's not the right way to do it. What constitutes whining in your house, Dorenda? Oh, tone of voice mm-hmm. and just complaining, self pity, mm-hmm. you know, that they're the victim. I hear a lot of victim that. And I'm catching, mentality. I'm catching yeah. a lot of this sort of um, permeating even our family from the culture. Well, you know where like that's coming from. It's from the culture of entitlement. Right. I think that's just a byproduct of the entitlement culture. Exactly. And it's it's important to recognize it for what it is and, yep. and eliminate it, get rid of it as fast yep. as you can. Because, um, and I think it's important we curb these negative things, but then there's positive things we can do um, mm-hmm. that actually will uh, help uh, move them in a good direction. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big things on the list is that personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Start taking responsibility for your own stuff. And That's it's right. much easier to train your children to do that than it is to correct it That's when right. they're older. It's I think, and I love this idea, what you're saying a minute ago, of just curbing the victim mentality. Right. So as soon as your kids start, you know, start demonstrating this sort of, I'm a victim and I know, we start saying, listen, life isn't fair. Right. One of the big lies in the culture is this fairness idea. That's right. That somehow everything is supposed to be fair. That's right. And and honestly, on along with that, when you, t- when they, they uh, what they do is they feel powerless is what they're saying. Yeah, that's what they're ultimately saying is right. they feel powerless. So, so what can we do? We can problem solve. And they say, okay, you've got a problem. It's true. Well, don't make another problem by being the victim. Right. Instead, be a problem solver, not a right. problem maker. So mm-hmm. you start talking about ways that problem can be solved, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that makes a huge difference because all of a sudden they have. Well, you've empowered them exactly. Yeah, you're giving instead of giving your kids uh, excuses, you're giving them tools. That's right. And instead of making excuses for your children, you know. Our our daughter, uh, one of our daughters, is taking uh, science from a tutor. When, when my kids reach a certain age in high school, <laughs> I start to go. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I am not teaching biology. I refuse to teach chemistry. I'm not doing physics, and I start to sort of back out and right. start you Outsource. know outsourcing uh, more of our homeschooling to a tutor. And my uh, one of my daughters was saying to me the other day, she was like, "I don't want to take civics." She said, "I don't want to take civics." Well, you know me. I'm like, "You are taking civics." <laughs> I'm sorry, you are taking 
civics you are taking U.S. history, you will know. Don't you, know? you do civics at the dinner table every night? Right, you do, right? <laughs> That's different kind of civics. Okay. So I'm trying to get the kids really – so we did not grass this year because we're trying to get them really involved um, uh, in the political uh, kind of apparatus of this nation to right. really understand how it works so that when they're old enough, if God calls them, they can actually affect change. Right. Well, so she comes home from her civics class and she's taking a science class and she's uh, uh, memorizing some stuff for uh, scripture for church and – she said, it's just too much, you know? And I said, it's not It's not too much. She's like, well, I don't need this. I don't need this credit until I'm a sophomore. And I'm like, yes, but you have time and I want I want you to do it. And she, you know, boo-hoo. And so I said, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go talk to your teacher. So I went with her to her next class and we sat down with, uh, with Kathleen and we were talking about it. And this was so great, Dorinda. It was so great that somebody else was telling her this and not me. That's actually what made it really awesome. <laughs> But she was like, "How many hours? Uh, how many hours do you think it takes you to do math every day?" And so my daughter was like, "Well, probably one." And she she said, "What are all the things you do?" And she goes, "Well, I practice piano. How long? Well, a half an hour." And anyway, by the time she was done listing all of her schoolwork out, it worked out to be about five and a half hours of school that she was doing every day. And so then Kathleen was like, "Well, how many hours are there in a day?" And Summer was like you know, 24. And she goes, well, how many hours do you sleep? So we figured that out. Right. And it turns out she has 16 free time hours every day. <laughs> <laughs> she draws, so Kathleen draws like a pie chart, you know, and I'm sitting there like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just like, this is like winning the parent lottery, right? Because <laughs> I'm sitting there. And basically what Kathleen said is, she goes, your mom's right. She goes, you have abs, if you're not getting your work done, it's your own fault. And if you fail the class, then you'll have to do it again next year. And my daughter just looked at me and she was like, you know, and I'm trying really hard not to do like the really wide, broad smile. I'm just doing the whole, oh, that's good. We're, you know, we're learning something. But she looked at me and she was like, okay, so I'm wrong. And that was the end of that. Wow. And all of a sudden, just right back, because she can do it. And I think mm -hmm. we've lowered the bar so much for so many of these kids that they feel entitled, they feel like a victim, they feel like this is so, you know, this is so hard, we can't do it. And actually, when you do exactly what you just said and problem solve, or, or have them take a step back, like we right. did with my daughter and right. look at the big picture. Oh, wow, you actually have 16 hours every day that you could be doing something. That's right. It changes their perspective it a little does. bit. Well, it helps them own it. Yeah. And that's super important. And the only way we can help our kids own is is to engage them in that process. And yeah. you did that by having her talk to her teacher. And and that made all the difference in the world. Yeah. It just makes all the difference. And it gives you ammunition. <laughs> that's true. There's that. Because, <laughs> you, you know. You can always use a little more of that. Yeah. Right. Another thing you can do is to help them ta to face their fears. So that's instead right. of running from it, mm -hmm. uh, face it. You know, so you have a, a child who's afraid of, I don't know what, uh, one of our kids um, didn't want to take piano lessons. And one of the things that we do in our house is all the kids take piano and they're not, they don't all love it. So right. they might do it for a year. And then if we realize, okay, this is, you know, this is Chinese water torture, some of the kids will do it and just flourish and other ones will not like it. But I realized that one of our kids, the big fear was public performance. They just did not want to do okay. a recital. Right. And so we had them go through that whole year just to do the recital and wow. see, you know, you can do this right. and it won't kill you and it'll be good for you. And and that particular child came out of it just like, I didn't know I could do that. And so all this crying and whining right. and afraid all of a sudden realized, oh my goodness, I can do it. Right. And you can yeah. flip that fear on its head and all of a yep. sudden it becomes a way to teach, uh, to instill confidence yes. in them. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if you've got a child who's just fighting you tooth and nail and you're exhausted because let's face it, 
That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> wear you down. They're trying to wear you we're out. We're very familiar with this We are, method. yes. Right? And so we are here to pump you up. That's right. <laughs> Your kids will wear you down, and then we'll come and pump you up. But stick with it. I think, you know, I mean, there's obviously, uh, there are times when you just want to go, okay, this isn't working. Right. You know, maybe this isn't a hill you want to die on. But I think oftentimes we've lowered the bar so much that the kids aren't really having to do anything. There's no... That's right. You know, just crawl under it. And don't you think um, another problem, culturally speaking, instant gratification? Hello. Preach. Amazon Prime. (laughs) (laughs) I'm addicted. (laughs) True confessions here. We're talking about the kids, Heidi. Oh, that's right. Okay. Back to the kids. (laughs) Well, I think with um, uh, just the computers and everything that we have that's so quick, our phones, social media, we get instant gratification Mm -hmm. for everything we do. And I have found, this is actually my experience this week, one of our children was uh, just a lot of impatience, Mm -hmm. a lot of um, just not being super respectful, some things like that, and warnings were given, and then um, devices were taken. The boom lowered. The, and what the I device found, guillotine dropped. Yeah, and I and I was thinking because I was kind of praying through it and thinking about it, and it, it and this whole instant gratification thing kept going through my head. That it's just when they're on these devices and they're doing these things most of the day, which we discourage. By the way, that's not something I, I encourage or really allow our kids to do. But even then, it's still a lot of times ends up being more time than I would want them to be on there. Yeah, yeah. And they've got this, this they're impatient. They just want instant gratification, and kids need to learn delayed gratification to work for something. Well, do you remember we used to do layaway? Oh, yeah. You know, there were things that we wanted, and you couldn't get it. Yep, you couldn't get it, and now we can get credit cards, and now- That's right. Yeah, it's totally different. And it's good to have the kids working for things and saying, oh, this is the goal, Right. then this is what it's going to take to get to that goal. That's right. Yeah, instead of of mom and dad being the bank and giving them that instant gratification, working toward it. That's right. Even yeah. when our kids have wanted something and we knew that it was a really good deal, because there's good deals this time of year, right? Yep, yep. So you don't really want to miss those. Um, but they don't have the money for it. We'll buy the, the product, but they don't get it yeah. until they You're have the paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. Or the layaway. And we yeah. put it away. And, yeah. and it's great because they sure appreciate it a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is gratitude, just teaching our kids to be thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that gratitude was a was a characteristic that was displayed in these kids that were protesting. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. And destroying other people's About gratitude property. for the freedom that you have so that you can burn the flag, exactly. so that you can remove it from your campus. It's just, yeah. And I think teaching teaching these kids, teaching our children now – uh, Kristen, uh, my friend Kristen Welch has a great book out called Raising a Grateful an Kids in an book. Entitled World. Yes. And her whole point is to step back from, especially at Christmas time, oh right. my goodness, step back and realize everything that your kids that's have. Right. And I think it's okay. I think that's part of the reason why I like purging so much is just right. realizing this stuff that we have is temporary. And right. we're trying to instill in into our children a love for other people and something that's eternal that will transcend you know, all the things that they have or they feel like they're That's entitled right. to. There are bigger things uh, that we want to be teaching our children right. in the process. And I think also we need to remember there there are no sacred cows, meaning unless you're about be willing to take <laughs> anything away from your kids. Yeah. For um, for if they're exhibiting attitudes, you know, that's hard that on parents. Let's about. be honest. Oh, it's, it's, that is it's hard on, on the parents because yeah. the parent doesn't want to look like the bad guy, and you don't want to be the person that said that you can't go to that event that you wanted to go. We we uh, told one of our kids not too long ago they couldn't go to a concert that they already paid for and bought right. the ticket for and everything, but 
this one particular thing that we've been asking him to do over and over and over again didn't get done. And the deadline finally came and went. And I actually think that the uh, the thinking was that we wouldn't do it right that we wouldn't follow through a man and that's that's a tough one yeah it it's is tough it is and and I, we have a house full of boys so they they're a little um they're different different you know, animals <laughs> they're different animals yeah so as a mom as a woman I've had to kind of change the way I do things um I, I can relate to the girls a little bit better it's been more a little more challenging with the boys at times yep. but they're funny because they like military type stuff and although I don't agree with everything that you know, all the little things they do in the military to get yeah. these guys emotionally strong. Yeah. There's some good ideas there. Yeah. I mean, we 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 use push-ups, we use yep. running around the house, we yep. use, you know, whatever we need to do to get yep. those boys in I line. love that Facebook meme that says, you know, when things get a little stressful, I yell fire drill and make my kids run outside while I sit inside and drink coffee and check Facebook. <laughs> and lock the doors. <laughs> and lock the door. Yeah, right. Right. 16 laps around the house. Bye-bye. <laughs> If you live out on acreage, it's easier to do that. The neighbors don't look at you. That's right. Yeah, it's easier. So do what works for you. And honestly, you're, you're loving your kids. You really are loving them by setting boundaries. You're loving That's them right. by teaching them to be grateful. You're loving them when you discipline them. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about disciplining children. It really is the responsibility of parents. We want our kids, at, at the end of the day, we want them to know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. That First, that they're loved by God. That's right. And that they have a place in this world and that God has a plan for them and guess what? God is in control. The Bible says that the Lord, uh, that we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. And sometimes those steps are painful steps. And it's a good thing for your kids uh, to learn that sometimes life is hard when they're younger so that they don't need to wear safety pins to get on the bus when they get a little older. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, don't forget if you uh, have an opportunity, we would be super blessed if you would leave a review for the Busy Mom podcast over at iTunes. You can do that by just clicking on the little gear shift to the right. You have to view it actually in the iTunes store. And then uh, if you click on the little gear shift, you can leave a review. Believe it or not, I actually read every single one of those. If you have a question or a show idea or a there was a note that I said I would link to that I forgot to, please email me, podcast at thebusymom.com. And we hope in the meantime, before we see you back here next week, that you enjoy this season with your kids. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you back here next week. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.